0: Hi, I'm Marianne Talkowski and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't wanna miss an episode So be sure to subscribe. This was an interview with my husband inspired to serve as a time capsule piece for our two and a half year old daughter to listen and know who her father is when she is of age. Listen to the end to hear what Nate shares he learned from his grandfather, who was a Holocaust survivor, about life. Stay tuned. I had to first guest interview dear husband Natanel Telkovsky.
1: Hello, (laughs) hello, hello. Does this feel so
0: formal to you or or what?
1: Kinda, (laughs) kinda, yeah. But still (laughs) We'll go with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much that I could say to introduce you, but I just want to dive in and talk about you. And um tell me tell tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are living in Indiana.
1: Okay, so I guess tell us about yourself. So usually start from the beginning. Uh, you, you don't
0: have to start from the beginning, but so I do want you to describe yourself as a kid. So if you want to start there.
1: Describe myself as a kid?
0: Yes, which I guess is the same thing as what you just said. Yeah,
1: so. nice. <laughs> describe <laughs> yourself as a kid. Okay, it's <laughs> another idiot. No, just kidding. But still, uh, yeah. So born and raised in Jerusalem. Uh, grew up in Jerusalem. Uh, raised as Jewish in Israel. So I do speak Hebrew. Uh what else can I describe myself as a kid? I guess I was a good-looking kid. That's all I really can remember. Childhood was great. Tough, but great. Um, what well, was tough? Uh, you know, growing up in Israel. Financially, is hard. Uh, come from a, ma- for a, for a family that of a sick mother and divorced parents, uh, living in a low-income neighborhood and such and such. Basically, majority of the same story of everyone who lived in a third-world country. Although, in my opinion, Israel should not be called that because technology-wise, she's so much of advanced and kind of ridiculous. It's like being in New York. That's pretty much how it is to live in Israel. Uh, now I'm here, gladly, happily, married to you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, met in Missouri. And now we are here in Indiana. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a general contractor, renovator, handyman, uh that's what i do for business the name
0: uh, of your business
1: handy on time which
0: i call hot for short
1: true well you came up with that <laughs> we came up with that you should say something that says hot and yeah i remember we looked at that initial handy on time oh look it's rhymes.
0: So, yeah so
1: that actually came out pretty good and yeah the business has been going good for what seven years now six
0: years seven years yeah. seven years in indianapolis as yeah. a general contractor is how you are describing yourself however i know you to be so much more what type of projects do you work on
1: uh wow. Uh, so home improvements. I'm the only uh contractor in Indianapolis who does feng shui, which is kinda helps because you know you're trying to bring people to the 21st century yet along not to add more clutter to their house. So I do remodel kitchens, remodel homes, uh, generally. Really anything from the small things to the biggest things. I've pretty much did it all. So Majority today, everybody's concentrating on doing kitchen, bathrooms, flooring, things like that. It's just basic. But still, I do, I lo- I do love what I do. It's always uh, have uh, its own challenges within uh, a tricky scenario that you are in, you know, in work or neighborhoods that you have to work in. or you know, Things like that, which luckily my clients are amazing because my business is mainly work to mouth, which is fantastic. It's only bringing the great of, greatest of the people. It's all about, it's all about trust, uh, you know, in business, at least on my business. I don't try to take advantage of anybody. I don't. I go home and I sleep well because I don't lie to anybody and I don't steal from anybody. I don't have have any bad feeling and regrets or anything like that, at least in my business.
0: So you're talking about infusing your values of integrity into your... Correct.
1: Yes, you have to, you must to. Yeah. If not, if not, what's the point to go to work? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think that you're kind of sh- knowing you. You're shortchanging yourself here in terms of like how you look at home improvement or even anything. Because I know I've sat with you in a restaurant and you can look at this contractor shortchanged or skipped on that. Yeah, that yeah. Sh- contractor cheaped out on that. <laughs> that contractor did that job where this this is going to need to be redone in six months. So yeah. you're looking at things from that angle. And then you're also looking at things from with intention from the, the feng shui piece of creating intentional energy in your space.
1: Correct. Create, create flow uh, about finding the... Problem in the place. Uh, I got a few clients who called me the ambassador of bad news because <laughs> I, I walk into the door. I know what everything is broken, <laughs> exactly without even looking at it. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely. When you do a remodel, you do anything that adds something, add value to somebody's life. It's definitely important to look how can you improve their uh, their feeling and their uh, the way that they how do you, how can you how should i say it how should i say it, how can you help them to get a better benefit from their remodel or the project that they want to get it's not like somebody buying a, a shelf from ikea and telling me hey yeah just come put it together it's not that people call me to come and really they tell me hey we want to renovate this room we want to renovate the house we want to do whatever what would you change? What would you do? How would you look at it? And I give him my point of view. Uh, I always tell people, please get more opinions because you know it's always healthy to have more opinions. So if they like somebody else, it's great. If not, not. Uh, we're not all the same. We're all individual snowflakes, like you says all the time. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. I, I I enjoy what I do.
0: So you're looking at things with a critical eye, and you're being. You have that touch of practical and let me be the most efficient while also being a
1: connoisseur let me be the f- most finished yes the connoisseur yeah that's that's a good way to say it i i would say i would say that it's the feminine side in me that uh, <laughs> that helps, is why i wanted to talk to you with that yeah
0: yes yes so, so that is exactly okay so now this is this is good this is good so first question who taught you to look at things that way
1: Oh probably my mom I would say because once again I grew up to a house with two older sisters <laughs> than me and uh, obviously and mom and dad uh, was working busy in life and uh, things like that you know working uh, but still yeah I guess just being a sensitive kid that I was was uh, I always found comfort with the m- women in the house because they were more understanding you know Guys would be like, "Stop crying, Ugh, tough it up," Ugh. which it's true. It's good to do in in so many ways, but I think it's the women in, the women in my in my home growing up that I saw the. I wouldn't call it neat picky, but it's the. It's the way of it's a different way of observa- observation about an item, an object. You looking at an object. Okay, the corners of it. If it's you know, I'm not. I'm once again. I'm not a neat, clean. Yeah, you know it better than anybody. <laughs> pick up your socks. <laughs> Correct. Pick, pick, up up your, socks. pick up your socks or stretch the bed <laughs> behind you. Yeah, but still, it's still one of those things that if somebody pay me for that, so I have to come out for my own comfort and do what need to be done to give them the end result that they're looking for. If they show me a picture of a magazine or anything like that, you know, I have to put a feminine touch in it. Although I'm a very masculine person but you have to put a feminine touch in it in order to feel complete.
0: What do you mean by feminine touch?
1: So everything need to be clean and everything need to be organized and everything need to be also considerate uh, within the colors of the objects that are in the room whether it's if it's a kitchen or if it's a bathroom or if it's a bedroom really everything have to be in certain alignment of what the clients are looking for you you have to l- put a little bit masculine in every uh, feminine room and you have to l- put a little bit of feminine in a masculine room just you know you can't have a men cave but looking like a gorilla zoo you know <laughs> cave that you can't have that so that's what i'm saying by adding a little feminine into it is the is the cleanliness you know it's the it's the smell that it's not stinks in a room and smell like a cigar bar or anything like that. It's something, I don't know. It's, a, it's just the extra touch. It's the extra intention that you give to something that you enjoy of. So
0: you're, t- it sounds like to me, you're talking about creating harmony in spaces, which goes back to f- feng shui.
1: Correct. Yes, definitely.
0: And I, <clears throat> I, whenever I describe you to people, I often highlight how important it, how, I'm so impressed and enamored with the fact that you can be so in touch with your feminine side yet present such a masculine front. And I have really thought that is an art. And I'm I'm just really curious. I know you've said your mom has influenced you in, in growing up around two sisters. I do know you've talked a lot about the military as well. So can you talk about how that shaped you, what that's brought to your life.
1: Military. Well, the, <laughs> the, the military is something that is honestly, I know some people don't support military or anything like that, you know, but service in Israel, service in Israel. I'm so grateful for that. And it's
0: it's mandatory.
1: It's mandatory. Yes. And I'm so grateful for that because if it wasn't mandatory, uh, most likely I would grow up and end up in some kind of a jail or not doing anything, uh, really special with my life. Uh,
0: So you go to high school and you already know you're going to be going to the military upon graduation.
1: Correct. You can always get out of it, but you have to, uh, you have to declare of some kind of a psychosis or a religion type thing that that's how you can get out of the military because it's mandatory to serve your country, which it's, it benefits a lot of kids because once again, if you live in, think about New York, if you live in a place, new york but in the size of the jersey state okay israel is the size of jersey so if you take new york and you make all jersey state new york one big new york so it's so fast moving you know from the it's a lot easier to fall into the bad habits or the bad type of living rather than you know being elevated and things like that unless you were born to a family that have money and uh Really can support you, you know, which once again, it's a matter of uh, where you were born to, even over here in the U.S. I mean, you know, there is many communities that unfortunately they were born for uh, poverty, which I was to to the same thing. So once again, it's really that's why I'm really big supportive of the age of 18, 19, go to the military, spend a couple of years, spend three years, get some attitude adjustment get some the idea of what does it mean to follow rules uh, get the idea of what does it mean to give uh, orders and to actually be in control of a situation which that's where it's, that's the biggest benefit when you learn how to do that you actually learn how to take control of your own action and take responsibility of your own actions which it's more than a lot of kids get you know,
0: so it sounds like to me, you learned leadership through discipline.
1: I learned leadership through the opportunity that I've been given by. Be the disciplinary. Does that make sense? I I learned discipline. OK, everybody learned discipline. You know, don't do this, don't do that. Your kid parents teach you that when you go to the military, it's uh, rules are different. It's. Think about it like you're going into a police force, okay, or anything like that fire department There is rules to obey. There is training. There is exercise things like that that you have to do and you do it as a group so you learn to be in a group of people Uh, if you're the top and in the majority of the better top of the class that still don't slack and Really take everything to the next step. Then you will get opportunity of actually be a leader of a group within the military And when you do that, you learn how to give orders, but also be considerate and an understanding of how people feel and also take responsibility on the actions of your own big responsibility because your actions is actually control other people that they made some kind of an action because the order you gave. So you learn leadership in the military for sure.
0: through feminine, impact. yeah,
1: through impact exactly. a yeah. feminine side. No, I didn't get that from the military. That's <laughs> no, no. I think I was. I think feminine side. I always had it in a way. Uh, as a kid, I was a super sensitive kid. I mean, really, you you call me stupid, I'll start crying <laughs> till the till I think fifth grade. When then something shifted in me and I became not the bully. I was a bully of the bullies, but. Uh, I was definitely more like life hit me hard in the face at one point And don't remember what it was, but still didn't cry anymore after that. That's it. No more Nate crying. And you Nothing. also
0: mentioned being enrolled in martial arts and <clears throat> how you felt that. Yes.
1: Yes. That's that, that's when I was younger, being enrolled in martial arts. That's uh, that's a good, healthy confidence boost, boost for uh, for any person. It really does not matter, boy, girl. Really, I'm I'm big on the things that give you some kind of a structure that it's more than a common structure that you get in school, because honestly, we're working under a system that is very aged and, uh, you know, unadvanced, I would say, the school system, but it is it is what it is. We, we cannot all stay at home, parents, and just teach at home. If we'll do that, we'll take from our kids the opportunity to learn what is in to be in society with friends and go through rough moments and good moments, you know, Mm -hmm. being playful and fight with somebody we will take that opportunity from them. So it's kind of tricky.
0: You had shared with me, there was someone who was influential in your childhood, your grandfather.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa. Yeah. So my grandpa rest in peace. Yeah. He was a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Very influential guy, a very strong guy. Uh just life, enjoyed life, you know, he'd been through some big trauma and just laughing about life and nothing was really important aside of health. If you're healthy, everything is good. Doesn't matter money, doesn't matter nothing. If you're healthy and you can get up in the morning, all is great. You can just start all over again. Every day is a brand new day. And... He had some, his own smart sentence like the, like any other grandpa, but still, yeah. Like uh, what? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard for me to come up with one. It's, it's one of those things that within a conversation, it suddenly pops, you know, and I remember that, but. Uh,
0: you told me about his, his shopping for bread. Tell me about his thinking there.
1: So shopping for bread. Uh, so bread, obviously it's a, it's a very important item for especially Eastern Europeans that come from cold weather <laughs> in the Holocaust. Very important item. He would never throw away bread. He would freeze it. He would freeze it for a long time if needed. He would never throw bread. Uh, shopping, to, shopping with him to bread, he would basically run me around. When I got my license, he would run me around between, oh my gosh, I think six or seven stores a day in order to buy tomatoes at that stores because they're a few penny less. And to buy cucumber in that store because they're a few penny less, and then go all the way to the other side of town because over there the bread is cheaper, and then come back to the other side of town because there the milk is there, <laughs> is that? And then only because he liked that specific cheese that they sell it, really in any department store, but in that specific place it was just one penny less than any other. So yeah, it's it it was a in you know unique individual, uh, extremely friendly. I mean, heck, all my all my boys uh, growing up in high school. You know, 16, 17, started drinking, uh least experimenting with alcohol. My grandpa would make his own vodka and he will, uh, yeah. My guys, I would call them in the afternoon, Friday afternoon, guys, where are you guys at? Are we going to meet before dinners? And then after that, go out. Yeah, yeah, but we are hanging out with your grandpa in his house, <laughs> drinking and vodka. And, you know, it's 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 a good experience. I got good memories for him.
0: Is there any major thing that you can say that he taught you, that you can...
1: Uh, yes Uh honesty to be honest to be honest uh, uh, humility uh, I mean really when he when he talked to me about what does it mean uh, not to steal for somebody for example and not to take advantage of people that's I think that's the biggest thing that he taught me is not to take advantage of anybody uh, Regardless of the condition, regardless of the situation, don't take advantage because life have a boomerang of their own and eventually it comes back right at you. And, you know, as a kid, you get to experiment with those things, but I can't explain it right now. I don't know why it doesn't come to my head, to my, to my tongue, but still, he really embedded in me not to take advantage of people. And, you know, it's okay to lie here and there, but just don't take advantage. Don't steal. Stealing is like big 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 no-no it's like oh gosh yeah don't say yeah don't ever disrespect women things like that you know he was he's a good old-fashioned guy mm-hmm. good old-fashioned guy
0: it sounds like he <clears throat> had a lot of influence in terms of your value system today with integrity correct and yes how you operate in your business oh yeah oh yeah
1: absolutely absolutely a lot more than my dad i mean i love my dad to death but my dad is uh, once again, he's a, a product of uh, his own reality, because for him, the most important thing is to go to work, make money and come back home and sleep. And then they after go to work, make money, come back home and go sleep, which is it's not what I learned from my from my grandpa. And it's definitely not what I want to have in my life. Yes, I do go to work every day I, to bring money to pay, to pay the bills and everything else. And obviously working hard enough to make progress but still i don't want to bury myself in work i mean my dad would work till late at night 10 11 o'clock at night for no reason i mean really
0: so you don't want to bury yourself in work and you also <clears throat> want to have a reason is that what i'm hearing
1: you need to have a reason i mean reason is family reason is life i mean you have to live you have to enjoy some friends you have to have purpose other than work Hmm what's the point <laughs> i'm just
0: i'm just gonna remember you said that <laughs>
1: okay well, i know i know that you constantly complain that i'm working so much but i'm not far 4 o'clock i'm at home yeah
0: yeah we don't well
1: we have a we have a kid right now taking a lot of our every little second that we have to spare taking the, our energy
0: <laughs> well and and that was one of the things reasons why i wanted to have this conversation with you is you know, to talk about your value system and where you came from and even why you wanted to come here. Why you wanted to leave Israel and come to America. So,
1: okay, so just to make it uh, short in a way. Uh, I'm very, I consider myself as a very diverse person. Uh, I like all colors, shapes and, t- and type of tastes. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, You're talking about food? Everything. Okay. Everything. Really, from race for anything, it's yeah. I don't. I don't have judgment toward people. Like if I see, you know, Asian, oh, because they're Asian, they're like that. I just, no, I don't stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Not I, into that. Yeah, I'm very, very against stereotypes. In Israel, the the Israeli people are very, very stereotypical. I mean, just like the most, the majority of the American people. Really, I mean, they.
0: What's the Israeli stereotype?
1: Well, you got the the European, which is the whites and you got the Mizrahi which you know they're the Middle Eastern more the darker skins and those have more ethnic uh, type of uh, holidays and events and occasions the same religion yeah but you know they come from different origins and there is I think there is racism within within the Israelis you know between themselves although they're all friends and family and everybody is there for one another when, when the shit hit the fan call it that way but uh, still, there is still a lot, a lot of that, and because of that, I think that's the thing that I hated the most in my childhood, is to see that and to try to to experience that. Because if you're ethnic and or Ashkenaz or whatever, if you're white or black in there, it's like uh, there's always it's always different, you know, like. The Mizrahi, the more uh, Middle Eastern ones, they're listening to this, uh, what you would guys would call over here country music. Over there, we wouldn't we not call it country. Music. It's just a crybaby music, you know, it's like somebody's
0: <laughs> the pour, ballads. Yeah,
1: yeah, the ballads pouring his heart out about oh my god, he needs to cut his veins because she left him or something like that. That's their style of music, which mm-hmm. you know the Ashkenaz. It's more uh, MTV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's basically it. So. I hated that. So when I came over here to the U.S., uh, I really, I, I always knew that I would come to the U.S. I didn't know I would stay here, but I always knew I would come to the, to the U.S. And so like, about 15, 16, I knew I, I set myself a goal. But now after the military, I'm going to go to the U.S. So yeah, I finished my service, worked for a while, and then yeah. Then I made it over here to the US. And when I came to the US, I came with no English whatsoever. I remember the tourist asked. Me, she asked me what time it is, or something somebody asked me something like that. And I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever you said, yes. Okay, sure, yes. Uh, even in immigration, during the immigration, you know, nobody talk Hebrew. So people ask me a question, I'm like, just nodding. Or, yeah. Here's all the papers I have. I don't know what it is. <laughs> just go for it. And, uh, yeah, it took a while to break the teeth and understand what all America is about. I do love the country. Uh, that's where I landed in Springfield, Missouri, which is <laughs> good old deep country. I, I would like to call it that way. Uh, I do love it. I do love the city life too. You know, we got, I got to experience with you a lot in the U S and, uh, a little bit before you, before I met you, I also experienced some unknown uh, experiences with this whole Israeli kiosk thing and a mall. Yeah, been in California, Michigan. I mean, I've really been been in a lot of spots in. Uh, what do you love about
0: being in the states?
1: Okay, so in the states, not like another place, a garage means that it's actually a garage size. <laughs> when you guys think a, a, a size of a garage in. A home garage in Israel or in Europe or anything like that I mean really you're talking about a tiny little 1920s type garage that fit a, a model car in it and not a, you know our model T whatever you call it but really not a car like today uh, you got things over here and you got freedom that I know a lot of people take it as for granted because they don't really understand what is that freedom mean? Uh, you it's easier to open a business over here. It's easier to Travel within the u.s. It's easier to get and achieve goals that you set yourself uh, In the u.s Money is easier to come by if you really set your mind into it in my opinion, I, th- I think that in Europe and, uh, and And in Israel where I'm from If you don't know the right people and you don't have money at all, there is no chance for you. There's absolutely no chance for you. Mm. So you definitely need to have money, definitely, to go anywhere. And you definitely need to to know at least a small amount of somebody to get somewhere. Because it's all about who you know. It really is. Over here in America also, yeah, to be extremely successful and make that ton of money, you still need to... It's all about who you know. However... Even if you don't know anybody, you can still uh, easily access the tools to get yourself elevated to the po- to the point that you will know somebody mm. you will be some somebody at some point if you really try to achieve it
0: mm. so what could Israelis learn from Americans
1: Israelis learn from Americans well, I don't think Israelis can learn much from Americans uh at all because they don't have the same size of land. They don't have that space. It's a lot more uh, tight living.
0: So you think that there's nothing an Israeli can learn from an American because of how they live?
1: Correct. Yeah, because how they live, they're they're blocking themselves from understanding uh, what is space. Interesting. Uh, when when you're in a place that uh, If you have a fight with your wife, okay, if you have a fight with a friend and you're arguing and yelling in the kitchen with one another, okay, even if it's on politics, whatever, your neighbor, just like in New York, will tell you, shut the hell up. You don't have that privacy. I think that the thing that uh, you have the most here in America is the privacy that you can easily access, which that privacy gives you a peace of mind to grow bigger. Which the tools that you have over here in America can help you develop more.
0: Um, Wait, okay. I just want to. I just want to sit in that for a minute. It's really it's
1: mentality, you know.
0: The privacy gives you a chance to think bigger.
1: Yes, yes. It give you a thing to have. Uh, it give you a chance actually to have the time to think. Okay. Because uh, I don't, I don't see, and I don't know of nobody where I'm from can, how should I say it? Okay, over here, if you don't want to have judgment, you really you just stay in your own house. And your own house is big enough for you to let your mind be free. In Israel, if you don't want judgment, you definitely stay in your house because everybody will judge you regardless to who you are. Uh, that's just the type of mentality. You know, it's like in the end, the way that they charge, judge, judge one another and things like that. You know, it's just that type of mentalities. Uh, but it's like I don't know, it's the space that you have over here rather than the non space that you have over there, it gives you the opportunity or the or the, maybe the power or the will to to try and be more creative. You know having the extra room is a big deal. Having the extra garage is a big freaking deal
0: that's been your experience
1: that's my experience okay. yeah i think i think every man needs his main cave and every woman need her woman cave in order to be able to you know to really uh expand ex, exp, their mind
0: okay okay so what can americans learn from israelis
1: <sighs> it's americans can learn from israelis I think Americans can learn from is, is from Israelis is the chutzpah, is the rudeness. I think that Israelis can learn from America is to to be polite,
0: okay,
1: to be polite and to give, give it individual personal space. Okay, that's what I think that uh, Israelis can learn from Americans, and yeah, from Americans to learn from Israelis the chutzpah is to be a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say rude, but real yeah to be more real don't be like
0: in your face real
1: yeah well when i say in your face real so this is where the
0: you said chutzpah chutzpah chutzpah
1: Chutzpah. yeah to be uh, chutzpah it's mean rude but it's not really rude it's just to have a little bit of the attitude uh, to say hey that makes me feel like crap what do you mean by that over here in America, calm out, right? Correct. Now. Call him. Call him out on space. Uh, in America, you'll say somebody something that you know. You'll have a group conversation and you'll talk between people, politics, whatever, and somebody would get offended. But he won't say anything about that. For months, he won't say anything about that. Usually, he will keep it for himself, and he already have. He's gonna build an opinion about you. Without letting you know about it,
0: I'm working on that. <laughs> Okay, because of our time, I've got three questions. Shoot. so so the three the first question. What do you think humanity needs most right now?
1: Compassion. I think humanity needs compassion. Uh, it's a. Something that we give naturally, and we we learn to completely ignore it because of uh, old hillbilly habits. It doesn't matter about your race if you're black, white, whatever. Uh, but I think people need to learn compassion, and people need to learn understanding and uh, Just one hillbillies? another. What?
0: Just hillbillies?
1: Well, no, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about it. it's a, it's, a, it's there is a lot of old-fashioned habits that uh, uh, people keep dragging in their family. And the way that they the reason when I say dragging is if I'm going to continue to be sad about the Holocaust, I will never get out of it. And I'll always be sad about the Holocaust and my kids will be sad about the Holocaust. And because that's the way I raise them. But if I understand that the Holocaust is done and it's over, then my kids going to grow without it. And they'll just grow with the natural surrounding of it.
0: We still need to learn from the history. You still need to learn from history. Yeah. Don't don't ever
1: forget history because history is a great lesson. But don't constantly drag the same type of living in it. You're we are in the 21st century, there is technology, there is more access to tools and anything that we need, really, in the palm of our hands, really on the phone. Just get out there and Share voice of compassion, learn how to love your neighbor, regardless your superstition or your belief system. That's somebody in your family, your uncle, your mom, your dad, whoever create in you. Compassion. Yeah, compassion. Just be compassionate to one another. Don't hate right away somebody because he's color or because his opinion. Mm. I know, you know, I'm not I'm not for Trump, but I know a lot of people are for Trump. I don't hate Trump. I don't, you know, he didn't do anything wrong to me. I understand. Yeah, he's I personally believe he's an idiot. The way he converses, the way he approach things, the communication is. Yeah. Okay, uh, we could all know you're a big businessman. Okay, got it. But as a president, I think you should uh, provide a little bit more of a customer service, compassion, which is compassion. That's what you get at customer service good customer service representative gives you compassion. And that's what it's basically make for a client easier to understand and to talk to him and to actually draw the conversation to a better direction.
0: That's actually very brilliant. I didn't think of it that way. You know how business we're providing customer service and customer service is compassion and he is a business person and as a leader as well. That could be an opportunity.
1: It's for, a, yeah, for,
0: for humanity, for, <clears throat> for the American people and for humanity.
1: Correct. Correct. I mean, you know, if you if you're calling to your insurance, to tell them I had an accident. The first thing that they tell you, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are you OK? But, you know, they don't they don't answer the phone. Oh, damn it. You messed up the car. and Now we have to pay you for that. You see what I'm <laughs> saying? They don't answer that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's compassion. You have to show compassion. And compassion, it's, uh, it's a part of love and it's a part of understanding and it's a part of uh, many emotions that uh, we are all grew up and familiar with is just in one big one big word, one big bulk.
0: Okay, second question. Shoot. Your descendant 200 years from now is tracing back roots looking at the ancestral tree and finds you. Okay. What do you want them to know about you?
1: That I was cool and I was not evil and I always uh, I always look at the brighter side. Regardless to whatever life brings. Which I do. Which I do. I always look at the brighter side. People can be very mean to one another or... Customers can be very difficult. Eventually, in the end of the day, you have to look at the brighter side, which if you look at the brighter side your next day, you also, you got to put a smile. If you let it go, if you learn how to let go of your anger, your emotions, or the things that hold you back, if you let it, let go by eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, you're going to sleep really calm. And especially if you don't steal or, or cheat or anything like that. So yeah, you're going to be very comfortable in your own skin.
0: Okay. I think I can slide in two more questions. Shoot. We got time. So, (laughs) because we have been married going on 10 years in February
1: 2021,
0: Mm -hmm. and I would say we've had a successful marriage thus far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It It was a rough start it was a good start then it turned rough then we fought through it then we experienced ups and downs uh, and we had a very healthy good marriage had have <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm, so i'm saying had uh, the years that we had
0: okay, okay. not what
1: we're going to have <laughs> in the future you so, see yeah english hebrew you know that the the, the keyword is a bit different
0: got it so what advice would you offer because people Always look for advice when it comes to love. What would you offer in terms of sustaining a healthy marriage?
1: Patience. Patience. Uh, Listen. Really listen. Really listen. And don't give up. Fight for everything. Because the person that you chose to marry is the person that's supposed to go with you in fire, hellfire or drowning water. And if you'll fight for him Or or her, that will give basically the power to the partner to fight back for you which at a tough moment regardless if you're going through it or the partner going through it yeah you know the, the it's it's this is this is the power of um, in my opinion this is the power of our subconscious we act uh, by association in many times so if the partner is in front of me, always fights for me and always wants the best for me or anything like that. It's natural that your subconscious will constantly tell you to do the same thing. Not the fact that you're going to really love him more because you will. But you really you're going to repay. <laughs> you're going to repay that naturally.
0: OK, I gotcha. An eye for an eye. Uh,
1: in, a, in, a, in a sweeter way. Heart for heart.
0: Heart for heart. I love that. Okay. Last question. So I really, my main intention, I, I talked about this being a focus for humanity and giving an, a sliver of insight into how we live and who we came to be. And a main intention for me was to have something for our daughter that she could reflect on if if and when she's ready she's two and a half right now yeah (laughs) she's tiny (laughs) but but still (laughs) but what what would you want her to know about being human how would you want to shape her
1: well we already started that by the way about who we are about from what we are because you're basically half German half Filipino right that's Pure, pure, half and half, right? Not German. So northern
0: European. Northern,
1: northern European. Okay, okay. So you're northern European. A mix, and
0: British, Scottish. Correct. Irish. Yeah, that,
1: that's what I remember. Is it's, yes. it's a big mix. I'm that's a, I'm a, mud, I'm
0: a blend. Yes. Correct, and
1: same as I, you know, French, Moroccan, Polish, Russian, and I grew up in Israel, so I'm Israeli. But still, that's that's our mix, and she's a complete mix, which I love that. And when she was born, we argued about the name and everything and we chose a name that is a complete mix of all religions and all ethnicity her name is jasmine she's the sweetest thing in the world and we're gonna teach her to at least I, from my side i'm gonna teach her to love everybody in a hundred percent and when i say love everybody okay so here's something that i learned from my grandpa that passed away that is something that actually now you see during conversation i remember things that he taught me it is really embedded in me he's like give everybody 100% up front you got a straight a in my book just met you got a straight a your job is to keep it <laughs> if you fuck it up you fuck it up i cannot <laughs> i cannot raise it up you fuck it up you fuck it up that's what it is so if if she's going to learn to give a straight a to every individual that she meet up front which i when i say straight a it doesn't mean that you really you have to trust them completely and go to sleep with them in the same room it's that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about straight a as like okay I understand who you are doesn't matter your color doesn't matter your you how loud you are or how muscular or how fat or how skinny you are. doesn't really matter
0: heart for heart correct
1: it's just really you got a straight a I met you nice to meet you straight a keep it if you can keep that straight a amazing if you cannot okay at least it helps you to classify the People, and when I say classify, I'm not saying that in the meanest way, I'm saying it in the most polite way. Classify the person who is in front of you, if it's a fit for you, if it's not a fit for you, if it's a person you can hang out with, not hang out with. However, still reflect love. Be loving person, don't be mean, don't be a bully. You know, just share. Be neutral. Be neutral to other people's reactions when it, if it's come to the negative side so once again you don't have to take it too much upon yourself
0: sounds like grace
1: yeah i guess so i guess yeah you can call it grace yeah you see my, my vocabulary is small <laughs> no it's but. called short my vocabulary <laughs> short yeah Let's so that
0: go. so that's what you want to
1: yeah i want to jasmine i want i want to leave jasmine with grace and humility yeah
0: and compassion yeah
1: yeah well that's that's a given
0: yeah yeah same same page heart for heart
1: heart for heart exactly
0: well i really appreciate having this time with you this was this was awesome and maybe we'll do it again (laughs) (laughs) maybe
1: if we can expose more secrets (laughs) i love you i love you thank you
0: Thank you for listening to the humanity speaks podcast with the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls. Many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself, when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I want to show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance. So you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program or even in person. Simply visit mariantalkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at Marianne Telkowski and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkowski with Humanity Speaks.